This is a bonus track for listeners of I Am, I Have. It's a recording of a live webinar hosted by Happiful senior writer Kat Nichols in conversation with life coach Alex Bowman, who shares his thoughts on keeping great habits going and putting perfectionism in its place. This is the final of our programme of four webinars in partnership with Red January. Please check out the Happiful YouTube channel to watch them all, and you'll find previous webinars on our podcast channel too. We hope you enjoy this session and check out more at happiful.com and lifecoach-directory.org.uk. And you can also download the free Happiful app. And as always, please share, rate and review if you like what you hear. Welcome to the last of our midweek motivation webinars. I'm Kat Nichols and I'm a senior writer here at Happyful. And this month we've teamed up with Red January to create these weekly webinars to really help give you some inspiration and support your wellness as we head into 2021. So many of you who are going to be joining us today are going to be from the Red community. For anyone who doesn't know who they are, they're basically an initiative and community encourage people to move every day in January to really support their physical and mental health. I think all of us can agree that January 2021 is probably the most January of Januaries and we all need this. So thank you so much Red January for all the work that you're doing. It's fantastic and I'm sure so many people have benefited. And today we're going to be talking about keeping great habits going because we've done a lot of work up to this point talking about different ways we can look after ourselves and set goals and we really want to just find out how we can keep this momentum up for the rest of the year. So we are joined today by life coach Alex Bowman who I am delighted to say is going to be our guide for the next 50 minutes or so. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And we would love it if we could kick off by introducing yourself and the work that you do. Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Kat. Um, It's really exciting to be here today. I'm Alex Bowman. I'm a professional coach. Uh, My coaching practice is Clearwater Coaching. The type of people that I coach is a vast spectrum from your execs, um, CEOs, pilots, right through to the other end of the spectrum, people that are unemployed, furloughed, or even going into retirement. The most important thing for me is that the people that I coach are looking to change and they're ready for change and that they want to have fun in the process. Otherwise, what's the point? Coaching's always been ingrained in my career, right from early days when I was a personal trainer in the fitness industry and running gyms. That was the perfect place to see, you know, it's a melting pot of the human condition and seeing how people motivate or set themselves goals and the mindsets. And then I moved on to the more education phase in fitness. So teaching people to become personal trainers. I progressed through that side of the business into management and leadership and became stuck. Um, And that's where I employed a coach myself. Um, And something clicked, something resonated in me that I wanted to be the person, the other side of the desk or the other side of the screen, empowering people to get them unstuck and so I trained hard with the Coaches Training Institute and um, here I am today with you guys. Fantastic that's so interesting that you've gone down the personal training and fitness routine and how that's spurred everything on. So first of all what we want to talk about to begin with is recognizing how far you've come in the past month because I don't know about you guys but January has felt long very very long this year and it's really important for us to stop and recognize how far we've come. First of all Alex can you explain to us the benefit of taking this time and acknowledging what we've achieved so far? Acknowledgement is is massive. Receiving praise or um, seeing progress is a motivator, it spurs us on, it gives us hope, gives us self-confidence, self-belief, self-esteem and, and it also produces you know, neurological effects you know, like the uh, endorphins and, and the feel-good factor. 
So reflecting on progress can can also really help on those rainy days. You know, we're, we're all locked down at the moment. Um, sometimes we're feeling lost, demotivated, or so far away from our goals. So it's it's super important. But there's there's something I want to highlight in in your question, which is really important, and that is that is you know the taking the time to stop. We are so focused on the end result. Uh, we get that tunnel vision. Uh, we're focused on that outcome, and therefore you know we don't actually stop to see how far we've come. I think that leads on to probably the bigger question as to why don't we recognize our achievements or you know, why don't we put aside time to reflect and why does it feel difficult to actually acknowledge ourselves? So if you're happy for me to sort of jump in on that subject. That would be great, thank you. It's human nature not to give yourself a pat on the back, you know, for a couple of reasons really. As I said earlier, we're, we're quite finish line orientated so you know we don't want to pat ourselves on the back till we get to that shining goal or whatever it is um, but more to the point uh, it feels uncomfortable uh, as Brits we're you know we're super humble we don't like praising ourselves at all and I don't mean you know splashing everything all over social media but I mean genuinely feeling like we have the self-worth to give ourselves a high five or a pat on the back and it's really important to get comfortable with that you know to, to genuinely say well done without you know, self-judgment and, you know, we'll talk more about self-judgment a bit later, but, you know, you might be your only motivator in this, which means, you know, you have to learn how to give yourself self-praise because you're going to have to effectively be your own coach at the moment, you know, during lockdown and things like that. Giving yourself permission is, is the real big one, you know, to say, well done, without comparison, without analysis, paralysis, breaking everything down, comparing yourself, judging it, because comparison is going to be the death of motivation. Um, and creativity you know the human condition is that we can we can always do better and that prevents us from giving ourselves a pat on the back that's when our inner critic or self-sabotage shows up and says you know you know you could do better or this is not perfect and we'll talk about perfectionism later but um, you know one of the big parts of coaching is realizing that you're always going to have that inner critic that self-sabotage whatever you want to call it that voice in your ear that is essentially your ego pulling you back towards your comfort zone it's basically saying you know don't do this because it's scared of change and it thinks it's keeping you safe whereas actually what it's doing is it's, it's stifling your progress so the final factor is that we don't you know we don't see it as important to take the time to reflect so we don't you know we don't set it in our diaries and i'd say as a coach it's one of the main areas that i have to keep holding clients accountable for is you know reflecting on their progress and celebrating every milestone not just you know the end result absolutely and i think it's really interesting that you say it's human nature and am i right in thinking it's to do with the negativity bias as well we're literally wired to focus on negative things more than positive so we have to be really intentional about the positive things yeah absolutely i think you know humankind's come a long way but the the sort of ego psychology is still very basic it's, it's trying to keep us from harm it's trying to keep us from you know getting injured or whatever and then it tries to apply that to societal things and that's where it all just doesn't serve us. That's fantastic. And that brings us on to the next question, which is, do you have any suggestions or tips on how we can start recognising our achievements and celebrating how far we've come? Well, I love that word celebrating. You know, I catch my clients off guard all the time. You know, they'll be telling me about something that they've done. And the first question after, you know, acknowledging them is, you know, how are you going to celebrate this? And you generally get like a really coy, dismissive response. And, you know, they try and palm it off as it's not a big deal 
You know, so then I'm ironically holding them to account and giving them homework of telling me how they're going to celebrate, when they're going to celebrate, and can you let me know when you've celebrated? So a big part of that is you have to find a way to give yourself permission to be proud of yourself, you know, and this can take a lot of work. It usually stems from, you know, not having self-belief or not feeling that you're you know you're worthy of praise and reward until you fill in the blank you know you've got your own reasons again it's usually to do with the syndrome of you know could do better but real courage is you know hearing that that inner voice hearing that critic and saying you know thanks for your input but i'm going to celebrate anyway it's also really important to break down whatever goals or habits it is that you're trying to achieve into into milestones and never have a milestone too far away you know, it's fine that goals can evolve and change, but it's always important that you have incremental steps so that, you know, you can reward yourself and keep motivation high and see and keep track of your progress. I think that's a really important one that people forget about. You know, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, keeping track will show you your path of how far you've come, you know, physically. So whether it's fitness and movement, you know, you've got your apps, you've got your, your Garmin's or whatever it is to to track and all that sort of side of things, whether it's um, self-image, you know, you can take photos, if it's body measurements, you can use clothes that fit or don't fit, you know, if it's mood or feelings, like mentioned earlier, capture it in a journal. So whatever it is, keep track so that you actually have something to reflect on, but then put aside the time to actually reflect. I mean, these, they're a blessing and a curse. Blessing is that you can put it in your digital diary, set yourself a reminder to actually you know, build that habit of building time into your day, your week, your month to reflect on your progress. And it'll be uncomfortable at first, but change is, and it's just a muscle that you have to continue to work. So I suppose to sum up, like finally on, on the topic of celebrating, I, I think it's really important as well that you acknowledge others, not just yourself. You know, we're all in a really difficult situation of trying to keep ourselves going at the moment and seeing light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, acknowledge what others are doing as well, because we know how hard it is to motivate ourselves. Yeah, that's such an important point, actually, seeing what other kind of bigger picture outside of that. I'd just like to pick up on a comment in the chat from Katie that I have a challenging thing tomorrow and was asked how I'll celebrate after I achieved it. I haven't decided yet because I'm not entirely sure I can do it. Have you got any thoughts on that or someone who's not entirely sure they can do something? Well, you've just got to forgive yourself and celebrate the fact that you're going to give it a go. You know, it's not about the outcome. It's the fact that you stepped up despite that inner critic that's saying to you, I'm not sure I can do it. Okay, fine. But the courage is I'm going to try anyway. And the other side of trying and risk is an abundant life of feedback and fulfillment and learning and development. I know that sounds really cliche, but you know, it's all about risk and stepping outside your comfort zone, even if it's not perfect. Forget about perfectionism. My biggest piece of advice is do whatever you need to do to be yourself before you do the thing that you're going to do. So if it's like a presentation, go do something fulfilling, go do something creative so that you feel comfortable in your own skin and then just show up and smash it. I love that. Thank you, Alex. I did have a question from Jeff, which is for you, Alex, which is about how did your time as personal fitness coach differ from your work as a coach now? Massively. I was very young and very 
probably tunnel vision focused. I, I, you know, I really thought that personal training was all about getting people amazing physiques, whether that's guy or girl, you know, it was all about making them look in the mirror and be, yeah, I look awesome. I didn't realize why I was not getting those types of clients. I was attracting people that, that just wanted to chat, you know, that almost the fitness side of things was a, was a bonus, whether they made some goals or not, they just wanted to offload. And it's now on reflection that I realise that coaching for me is more about empowerment and giving people the tools that they need to form their own life or their own results. Whereas as a personal trainer, I was looking at it that I was the key um, to solving their problems rather than really what a good personal trainer should do is give people the tools, the knowledge to then go away so they don't need a personal trainer. So I hope that answers, answers the question. Thank you, Alex. And um, we have some great recommendations in the chat about ways of celebrating. Um, Lindsay mentioned the You app, which is great for celebrating your achievements and those of others. Kim says that she's got a mantra that helps when she's facing something challenging. I will, I can, I know I can because dot, dot, dot. Amazing. I really love that. Thank you, Kim. That's a great idea. I think mantras and kind of saying things like that can make a real difference. Let's just have a quick look at that poll result. So far, it looks like the, the biggest one, the biggest stopper to people recognizing their achievements is I'm too focused on what I haven't achieved. And I think we've kind of gone into that about the negativity bias. And we'll talk about perfectionism later. We'll get to that. So yes, that's very interesting. Thank you everyone for taking part. Let's move on to what might stand in your way when it comes to progressing with your goals. Again, there's gonna be another poll coming up, so do keep an eye out for that. But yeah, in your experience, Alex, what are some of the common reasons people come up against when struggling to make progress with their goals? It's a fantastic question. It's one I hear a lot. And the answer that I get a lot is it's about time, um, having the time to do these things. However, when you dig a little deeper and you ask the right questions, it's not usually about having time. It's about people giving themselves permission to take the time and put themselves first. So... I, what I mean by this is it, it's what I like to call selfishness versus selflessness. For me, there are two other ends of the spectrum. So we get this opinion that it's selfish for us to take the time for me and to put my needs first, uh, when actually I see it as selfless. So it's a complete perspective change, flipping it on its head. You know, if you're putting your needs first so that you can show up as the best version of yourself for others, we, we, tend, to, we tend to put ourselves last, you know, some kind of humble sacrifice for the greater good. But for me, that means that the world's missing out on our true impact. You know, when we're really present and we're feeling really authentic, you know, you're not shining that light. So figuring out what it is that you need to do to feel feel fulfilled. Prioritizing it and, and doing it will feel uncomfortable. However, the gains that you will experience and the impact you will have on those people around you will be massive. You know, so like as a dad with two very young kids, um, you know, it's very, it can be a tumultuous environment at the moment, you know, during the lockdown, homeschooling on that side of things. So making sure that I have my time to whatever it is, go out in green space, meditate, what, you know, whatever it is that I need to feel the best version of myself means that I'm way more resilient rather than coming into something where I'm already feeling down in the dumps or whatever. I suppose in terms of motivation, it can drop off, it can drop off really quickly if you don't have some form of accountability. Uh, which I suppose is where coaching uh, comes in. But it doesn't mean that you have to get a coach. And it doesn't mean that you have to have someone 
doing the same thing as you, although it can help, you know, that partnership aspect of helping people um, stay accountable, you know, just by voicing what it is that you're going to do, the mere action of speaking it out loud means that it's out there in the world. And it, it gives us like some psychological push to start taking action. And even if you, you tell your other half or a family member what you're going to do, having them as someone to help hold you to account in a gentle way is really, really important. You know, for example, you, you, you might be feeling really unmotivated one day and you might think, okay, right, I'm just gonna face first into a family bag of Doritos and sit on the couch. You know, and your partner could say to you, I'm just checking in with you that that's what you wanna do, it's fine by me but you know, just checking in, you're doing so well, is that what you wanna do? And, and let me be clear, it's, it's not about guilt, it's not about shaming, you need to live your life and you need to be kind to yourself. So if you want a family bag of Doritos on the couch, have a family bag of Doritos on the couch without ju judgment, you know? You just gotta make sure that you have balance and freedom in your life. So keep the things you love in there. So for example, for me, I love pizza, I love crisps, I love beer, you know, and I don't want to cut those out of my life. However, the way that I work is that I work hard um, during the week, I try and keep my healthy habits up. Um, and then when it comes to the weekend, I can reward myself with that. However, sometimes I might not feel like I need those rewards, but it's about the fact that you can give yourself the choice without feeling guilty or shamed. To summarize, it's usually to do with prioritizing time for yourself, your motivation, someone holding you to account, and the balance of the good stuff in life. I love that. And the holding yourself to account, I really relate to. It's something I find I tell my social media followers if there's something I want to do and I'm going to do, so that then right. I feel like they hold me to account then. So Yeah, and they also probably chip in and motivate as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We did have a comment from Nat on this about things that can stop you. And they mentioned not knowing what you want to achieve or do. Have you got mm. any thoughts on that? Someone's not sure what it is they want to achieve. We'll talk a little bit about clarity later on, but but absolutely, you can get analysis paralysis. I know I've, I've been through it a lot of times with various things that I'm trying to do in my life in terms of not wanting to take a step before you can see the whole plan or getting clear what that end goal is and a clear A to Z of how you get there. Well, that is actually a form of perfectionism. And again, we'll come to that a bit later, but, but really, you know, a lot of that is about actually things don't become clear until you start taking steps. It's the opposite way around. You have to start taking steps towards things that feel like they could be a good fit. And then, you know, course correcting, taking a bit from that step. Okay, where shall I go next? You know, rather than, you know, life isn't all just laid out in front of us unfortunately. Some people can get quite disheartened when they have some kind of setback. As you said, it can be a case of trial and error and sometimes people can get quite disheartened. So what would you recommend for people to help them stay on track when they do come up against a setback? It's usually to do with comparing themselves to others or probably more often than not, it's comparing themselves to where they feel they should be at, at, at this point. So sometimes we're guilty of simply jumping into goals that may have unrealistic timescales, or like we said earlier, they might not break them down into realistic milestones, which we talked about. So again, it might be that they're not getting that reward or, or tracking their progress um, and giving themselves that incremental pat on the back. Also, people don't realise that they should, you know, reevaluate and reflect on their milestones. Um, so if you're slightly off course, you know, it's okay to tweak your goal. It's okay to tweak your plan um, to something that's more realistic. Otherwise, if you carry on down that path, 
it's just going to, you know, your setbacks might compound themselves, which is not what you want. But um, I want to talk a little bit about habit forming versus goal setting. So some people set goals um, because they feel that actually they will get a healthy habit off the back of it. So, for example, I don't know, a New Year's resolution could be, let's say, um, I want to eventually get off the couch and job 5k or something like that and this will give them a sense of achievement it will make them feel fitter maybe lose some weight get them outdoors you know all these byproducts they're fantastic and for some people going couch to 5k that is enough to give them the self-motivation to spur them on and to do it and you know high five to those people but for others it may be too much pressure you know taking the pressure off the actual goal and looking at the habit that it is that you're trying to achieve is is really important so rather than run 5k let's stick with that example start just by putting your trainers on three times a week you know regardless of whether you walk or whether you run you know make exercise a habit a part of your life and then when you feel ready and more importantly you want to you can start making specific goals around that around distance around time but only if it resonates with you because you should never jump into a goal because you feel like you should do it you know you need to do it because you want to do it otherwise you're gonna you know gonna get your knickers in a twist down the line and it's gonna be no fun with goal setting and habit forming it's really important to get clear on where your motivation is coming from are you doing this because you feel worthless you, know, you feel worthless when you look in the mirror, you feel no good, you have self-judgment, you have shame, you have comparison. Are you punishing yourself because of, you know, X, Y, Z? And then the important thing is, is how do we get that self-worth and feel good enough now, the way we are now, so that then we can move into these habits and these goals with a sense of self-love, self-kindness, fun you know a lot of us set goals because we want to be a certain way in the future and that's great but how do we get that you know that self-worth now and it's a you know there is no easy answer it takes work it takes self-reflection it takes maybe a coach um but that you know that's where i always start with people you know why are you not worthy of happiness now you know what's missing it's a big part of it i love that and that actually touches on something that katie has mentioned in the comments which is I often compare my current self to my past self, the person I was before I became ill. It's an unfair comparison, I know, but it's hard to really find who I am now. Mm. I think what you were saying there about the importance of building that self-acceptance of where we are now is the key to solving that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so hard to compare yourself in the past, for sure. And the past is also stories that we, we tell each other um, you know, and it, and it to some point defines us. And the importance is, you know, realizing that the past is gone now, you know, all we have is, is the present and, you know, the future's coming sort of thing. And the future is the only thing that we can start to try and carve out. So yeah, it's hard to let go of those stories or those uh, past achievements and, and, and not reflect on them. I, yeah, I, that resonates with me. So what would you suggest if somebody has come up against a setback today, for example, what mm. would like a first initial step be, do you think, for them to help start doing all those great things we've just mentioned? What would maybe the first port of call be? Be kind to yourself. Mm. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself a break. Look how far you've come. Take a breath get outside of your head, get present in whatever way you can, go for a walk in green space with no distractions, no purpose to the walk. It will help you get clarity on, on the bigger picture. 
you know, if, if you're coming up against a block, it's really important to get really, really clear on, um, on what that block is. Is it because it hurts? Is it because it's boring? Is it because it's uncomfortable? Is it because the goal's too far away? Is it because you don't feel good enough? And then once you've got all those answers, forgive yourself because change is hard. You know, it really is hard. It's not about being perfect. Take self-judgment out of the equation and look for the joy in the things that you're doing. You know, why did you start this journey? What's fun about it? How can you go easier on, on yourself? And, you know, they all sound so easy to say and so hard to do. But, you know, sometimes the hardest thing is if someone's committed to a goal or, or a habit, sometimes the hardest thing that you can set them to do is to walk away from it for a week, a month, a day, whatever it may be. There'll be this feeling of I'm losing progress and the pressure is mounting because, you know, my progress isn't, isn't, you know, isn't incremental. It's not, I'm not moving towards it. I'm moving away from it by, by taking this break. But, but what you then realize is that this want for progress is some, is sometimes stifling your joy or your aliveness. Uh, I know that the heart, my, I have a coach. Um, I think it's really important that, you know, you practice what you preach, you do the work, you can take clients as deep as willing as you're willing to go. Sorry. Um, I know my coach said to me ages ago that, I was living a too regimented and structured life um, and I was very goal orientated and he asked me to step away from my routine for a month and it was the hardest thing I've done in years. You know, what I, what I got out of that month was a sense of once, you know, it all dissipated and the pressure sort of came off is that I got freedom and I got space to think and I got creativity and I got clarity, which meant that I came back to my goals and my regimen with being twice as hungry but with a gentler approach, a much kinder to myself approach. And in terms of like other things that I'd suggest in terms of habit forming, there's a really good book called Atomic Habits, which talks about easy ways to link habit forming towards your goals into your daily life as well. So that's something that I'd also recommend a read on. Something that I've taken away from that is they call it, they, they say that, you know, habits and goals you're not going to do them unless they're easy. If you don't have your, your trainers by the front door, or if you don't have your time allotted to, use, to uh, you know, put aside to do something, something else they do is habit stacking. So for example, if there's a routine that you do every day. So for example, I, I hit my espresso sheet machine 7.30 every morning. But hitting that button now reminds me that I'm going to do, you know, 10 minutes of meditation or, you know, 30 minutes of stretching or whatever it is that I need to feel me. So stacking habits against each other is, is also a really good way of, um, of keeping things going. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. And I can I could really relate to you talking about stepping away from your routine, the regimen. I, I've been through something similar during lockdown. It's kind of forced me to rethink how regimented I was about things. And mm. it's interesting how letting go of that can actually build that sense of self-trust and allow you, as you said, to come back with a much more gentler approach. So I really resonated with that. Definitely, definitely. As I, said, I think we've said it a couple of times, but I think that's going to feed in perfectly to a discussion around sort of perfectionism. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for taking part in the poll. We can see that most people are struggling with lack of accountability. So I think we've shared some good tips around that, around helping you to get some more of that. We're going to move on now to this idea of progress over perfectionism, mm -hmm. because this is such a key part of this. And we've mentioned perfectionism a few times, and I'm sure it's a trait that we can all relate to. I know I certainly can. Can you tell us a little bit more about perfectionism and how it can manifest and how it holds us back? my opinion is that perfectionism is it's an illusion you will always find a way that you can do better therefore you'll never stop grinding towards that 
and you'll never reach that finish line if you can always do better. You know, you'll never reward yourself until you reach that imaginary finish line. So you're going to burn out. And, and I've been there many times personally uh, in my life. And it, it's something that I don't mind admitting that I have to manage daily, you know, the, the urge to be perfect. It, I think it's a human condition. It just comes in. A lot of us pride ourselves on, you know, giving 110% um, towards something and wanting to be 100% perfect or whatever your metrics you want to put on it. I know that in the past I've been told, oh, you went like 99% of the way there. Um, and then you get that little bit of feedback about, you know, the the 1% that you missed out on or you could develop. You know, stupidly, I would rather than celebrate this 99%, you know, amazing achievement, I would lose sleep over the fact that, you know, what's this 1% I'm missing and how can I make sure that I don't let my, you know, let myself down next time? All this rubbish going on in my head. Um, so to bring it back in, you need to get clear on what you feel perfectionism is giving you. And, and more importantly, where that drive to be perfect comes from. So usually, and I can only speak from my own experience and experience of clients, is that you, you find that that drive comes to do, uh, sorry, comes from insecurity of how you feel about yourself, um, or, or more often, how you feel others see you, um, especially in the workplace, that's a big one. So I've got news for you, you cannot control what others think about you regardless. So you're fighting a losing battle. You know, you said, can it hold you back? Well, it can 100% hold you back and it can be damaging in, in quite a few ways. It can, I think we, we talked about it earlier and um, someone put a question in, in the chat, but uh, it can hold you back from even starting something. You know, perfectionism could mean that we want to clear A to Z before taking action. And I see this every day in coaching and I've been guilty of it. And the irony is that Taking action without knowing the full plan is the key. Like I said before, it's about taking steps, learning from them, and rather than, you know, rather than just being stuck in the starting blocks, at least someone's, you know, had the gun and thought, okay, I might not be running exactly in a straight line, but at least I'm running, you know, it's uh, rather than just sitting and waiting. Um, and the other damaging way perfectionism can sort of haunt us is, is what I call um, the empty finish line. You know, um, and this doesn't just apply to perfectionists. It's also to do with getting clear on why we're setting our goals in the first place. So the empty finish line or the hollow victory, whatever you want to call it, is, is when you think you're going to feel a certain way when you cross that finish line or achieve that goal. Um, but then you get there and, and nothing's changed. You might get that sense of elation, you know, whether it's like I've just run a marathon or I've just hit target weight loss or whatever, whatever it is. I've got this promotion, but once I've, you know, once I've celebrated it, it, nothing's changed. I don't feel any different. You know, you expect to feel like you've won or you're happy um, and there should be a big hole fulfilled in your life, but it doesn't happen. So then you start setting yourself more extreme goals and you keep on going and you keep on going for perfectionism and, and for that, you know, ever elusive feeling that you're searching for. And, and that feeling is the key because that's why you can talk to some of the most richest people and the most famous people in the world and they still appear to be even though they appear that they've got everything they're still very unhappy so getting clear now on the feelings that you're searching for to do with these goals or these habits or being perfect and then being able to articulate them is really important because once you get clear on what they are, you can figure out how you can get them into your life now rather than putting them around an imaginary finish line. So 
Let me give you an example. If I was working with a client and they said, um, you know, uh, I'm going to set a goal. I will, uh, my client says, I will be happy when I, uh, I have 250K in the bank. Let's just make stuff up. Okay, it's a clear goal. Uh, when do you want that to be done by? Okay, let's say five years. Okay, great. So we've got a clear goal. It's time bound. Awesome. So you're saying to me that you're not going to be happy for five years. And then usually stunned silence. You know, they're, they're tying their happiness on a goal, a certain amount of money, um, and a time frame. Okay. So when you dig a little bit deeper around that, you know, let's carry on with that example. We say like, you know, what would 250K in the bank give you then? You know, what is it that, what's the feeling behind the goal? Oh, well, that's easy. You know, it's going to give me a sense of security. It's going to give me a sense of, you know, pride, achievement, the ability to buy what I like, travel wherever I want to. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting to the feelings that are motivating us or what we want to experience behind getting this goal. So security, let's take those examples, is another you know, it's basically saying they want peace. They want peace. They want um, a stress-free life, um, achievement and acknowledgement. You know, they want to feel self-worth. They want to feel love. Um, buy what they want. They want freedom. Travel. They want freedom. They want experience. They want aliveness. So then the question becomes, once we know these feelings, how do we get these into your life pretty sharpish and still work towards, you know, 250K in the bank in five years is that's what you want. But how do we get you feeling happy and feeling the, the, you know, these experiences that you want rather than getting to a finish line and realizing that nothing's different, ran over. I love that. <laughs> I think that's, that's such an important point. And there is, I'm sure there's a word for it. I think it's hedonic adaptation, which is when, that's very good. right? It's when you become adapt, you adapt yourself to what you've got. So you get used to what you have. So that's something that we can struggle with and and yeah i think tying as you said like tying your happiness to this end goal can be really problematic and yeah. trying to think of the feelings behind that something i wanted to pick up quickly from the comments was from katie saying perfectionism definitely holds me back sometimes because i if i don't feel i can't do something perfect then i procrastinate or don't do it at all mm. after speaking to friends it seems that this is a common common thing with people with anxiety I just wanted to point that out because I also struggle with anxiety, Katie, and I completely resonate with that. I think when you have anxiety, you almost want to have that sense of security. You want to know that everything's going to be just okay. Yeah. And that makes you feel safe. So yeah, I just wanted to say I resonate with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, anxiety is a tough one. So anxiety, I'm not a psychologist at all or a psychotherapist. So, you know, this is just, this is just my opinions. But for me, anxiety when I'm working with clients is it's 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 fear it's fear of what could happen so fear of a future of future events you know if you want to break down fear f-e-a-r it's false evidence appearing real so you know yeah okay if there's a tiger in the room about to rip our face off that's pretty real evidence and we should be scared of it however if you know if it's to do with a presentation or, or you know something some big milestone that we've got to do you know we work ourselves up into what could go wrong you know what what what's all these things that could go wrong and you know what if i'm not good enough and all the negative self-talk and it's a it's a really tricky one to deal with um you know i was talking to a client yesterday um about going for a, a new role uh, and they saying that they didn't feel good enough and i was like well why don't you just give yourself some time to actually give yourself permission to look at the things that could go right you know fine it's easy for you to look at all the negative things and to get your get yourself into a funk and look at how everything could go wrong you ever actually allowed yourself and given yourself permission to play and feel how this could be good if you smashed it, 
you know, or all the learning experiences that you'll get from, or if you, you know, or if you would have any regrets to not trying. It's a real, anxiety is a, is a crippling one for sure. Mm. And that actually answers the next question that came up, which, is, which was from Hannah about, I don't strive for perfection, but the thought and, res and responsibility of making a mistake often, often holds me back. And I think what you were just saying about fear and how to let yourself think about what could go right could be really helpful there. Yeah, 100%. And oh, I hate making mistakes. I still do. I still hate it. You know, you're, and that, you know that's to do with us looking to be perfect or, or, or whatever, or, or the opinions of others or, or whatever that comes from. However, you know, all these people, like the most successful people are people that are just willing to make as many mistakes as they can often and just get used to making mistakes and learning from it. Um, still doesn't make it any easier. But um, it's, it's the ability to, to give yourself permission to take a risk and be okay with, with uh, not being okay and learning from it. And one more question from Lucy, which was about consistency. So does consistency exist or is this like perfection? How do they compare? Consistency definitely uh, exists for sure. And yes, it, yes, I suppose it could also be tied into perfection um, for sure. It's, I think it's about giving yourself freedom. So let's say you're doing something every day uh, and it's moving you towards your goal and then all of a sudden you feel like oh I just do not want to do this today or it's um I don't have the time to do it and now the fact that I'm not doing it is putting more pressure on me because I'm not making the progress that I want and it's like it's just about stopping and being kind to yourself and saying okay I can't do this today and I'm okay with that whereas if you were I suppose bullish and just be like I'm doing it come hell or high water that's more of the perfectionism trait you know that could be more damaging to you so it's that whole thing of control like if you can if you can play with control you know if you can balance your diary with things that you want to do rather than feeling that you have to do it that's that's the sweet spot that you're looking for I hope that answers the question. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's also, it's really important to consider the wider perspective at the moment. We're going through a pandemic and as much as we want to be consistent with things, it's like you were saying earlier about wanting to give 100% to things. Yeah. At this time, we don't all have 100% to give. A lot of our percentage is being depleted by the overhanging threat of what's going on. So I think it's really important yeah, to think about other things, not only pandemic, family things, just other big things that are going on in your life and accepting that they are all going to have a toll on what you're doing. And as you said, just be kind with that as well. Totally. Yeah. The pandemic, you know, if, if, if you're fortunate enough to, you know, to be working at the moment and all that side of things, it's, and, but you're doing reduced hours because you've got to look after kids or homeschool or whatever, you know, we find, we find that the pressure is on because we're trying to condense our day into even less hours. So who am I to, you know, to take um, time out for half an hour to clear my head and go for a walk or, or something like that? You know, we just put ourselves on the back burner like we talked about before, that this selfishness versus selflessness. And I think this is where you need to be really transparent with your employer and, and your managers and say, you know, can we come to an agreement that we are doing condensed hours, but I still need time for, you know, for mental health and that side of things. And it just opens a really rich, open and honest, what I would call a courageous conversation, because, you know, you're essentially asking for time back for yourself within work time. But you've got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. You're going to be like zombies. Uh, you know, I know I was during lockdown one and uh, I've made big changes for, for lockdown three to, to make sure that I'm feeling... Um, as much me as I can. Absolutely, that's really important. Thank you, Alex. We've already mentioned quite a few things, but I'd love to hear from you for those who do have these perfectionist tendencies. Mm. What kind of suggestions do you have to help them let go a little bit? 
well that's that's the key word yeah letting go um yeah perfection perfection is coupled with a lot of control uh, trying to control the result um so they're very people are very rigid in their pro approaches i know i've as i say been there many times um but you know the funny thing is that the control aspect becomes easy to us um you know being if you are a perfectionist it's easy to control things so like i said before like relinquishing it and challenging yourself to not have a schedule or to you know to not do not do the things that you're doing um all the time is is a big one so if the goal is around something physical like like running like go just go for a run if you're wanting to run a marathon let's just say or whatever just forget your timings your paces your routes whatever and just remember why you started this i wanted to do this because i love running or i love being outdoors or i love the feeling of exercise okay cool one run in a month or a week is not going to harm your result if you just go out and go for a run with no purpose and no app and no timing or whatever you know just take this the seriousness out of things it's it's about finding the play in life it's about getting out of our head and getting present you know um we can only do this by taking our self-made pressure off ourselves um like i said before get used to rewarding yourself um and or, or go ironic you know reward yourself for not being perfect mm. getting clear on your drive um or what you, you know why why you're becoming a perfectionist will bring uh, you know is really the key then the realization that you don't have to be perfect to get those experiences much like the goal behind the feelings behind the goal like there is going to be feelings behind what you're striving for being a perfectionist once you get really clear on what those feelings are then let's look at how we can get those into your life without being a perfectionist if that if that makes sense yeah i love what you're saying about introducing a bit of play into it something i did i've been doing during the lockdowns is having a go at drawing i have not got an artistic bone in my body in that terms of things but i thought it would be a fun thing to try and one of the first things I did was on a course was they said just to tr- draw a self-portrait with your left hand and then do it with your eyes shut. And you come out with an absolute mess, but yeah. you put something on the page. So you've done something and you've shown to yourself like, oh, that was fun. It's not a good picture, but it's fun. So yeah, I think that's a really important part to bring up having play and just having fun with it. We're just so serious about goals, aren't we? Uh, and you know, it is serious, but you know, we've got to have fun. Otherwise, you know, if we're so tunnel vision and end goal focused, then, you know, all the good stuff's going to pass us by. We're just going to be so focused on that end result. And if, unfortunately, it's a hollow finish line, then the treadmill starts again. Mm, Absolutely. Uh, We have got one question. Somebody has asked, how, as a perfectionist, can you work with criticism in the workplace? If you feel it's unjustified, it can make me want to just work harder or prove myself, but then I burn out. Really tough one. How can we... So dealing with criticism alone as a a perfectionist is really hard. I've had to deal with it a lot. Uh, Even even if it's really nice praise orientated feedback of how to develop you know somewhere it it hits a nerve and the fact that if you feel it itself you know it's it's unjust that's that's a that's a bitter pill to swallow how would i deal with with that situation it's yeah a lot of that comes back down to our own self-worth okay so listening to opinions of others or even that inner voice that's the opinion of ourself finding a way to deal with that and just be okay with that anyway so okay your opinions either inner voice or external voices um that's fine you're entitled to that but it doesn't change how i feel about myself so the fact that it feels unjust it feels unjust it's just finding a way that you can feel comfortable doing you 
and carrying on rather than it sounds like a perfectionist would react. So react, uh, you might react hotly, might get emotional, or you might pour yourself into your work harder. So it's just getting clear on what's driving you. Is working even harder going to help you or is it going to burn you out? And are you only working harder to prove that other person wrong? And at the end of the day, you can't control their feelings. So all you can control is how you feel about yourself. I hope that kind of helps. No, it does. I think that's really helpful. And I think as well, if, if you're dealing with criticism at work as well, and if there's someone to talk to, if there's a manager or a HR person, have a word with them. But I think, Alex, as you were saying, just it's important to have that sense of self-worth and knowing that, you know, if you're confident in what you're doing, just keep hold of that. And you can't kind of let other people's thoughts and criticisms affect you. If you know what you're doing, just keep on doing it. Lindsay said, as a recovering perfectionist, I sometimes feel like I've gone too far the other way where I no longer put half as much effort in especially with housework now no one is coming into my home I hear you with that one, Lindsay um, <laughs> how can I find a balance well yeah you've got to you've got to figure out what's important to you uh, you know like at the end of the day if people aren't coming into your house and you're and, and you're okay with clutter or, or mess or whatever it is then it's, it's totally up to you just you've just got to figure out the things that are important to you and why why they drive you so specifically around that that topic of um clutter or, or not making effort on the house or things like that um there's quite a lot of scientific research around um you know having a relaxed space helps with creativity and helps with motivation and drive so like you might find that even though you haven't got people coming in just by making a conscious effort to have things you know not perfect at all but just like neat you might find that all of a sudden having a neat place or whatever you might it might spark a bit of creativity which then gives you the drive to think okay what are the other things that i want to do and do them for the right reasons you know searching for that joy what's the bits in your life that you're missing the fulfillment from and how do i work towards that rather than you know maybe in the past the perfectionist of working towards things you feel you should be doing rather than you want to do such a good point and i think that's so true about just figuring out what feels good to you and if it does feel good to you to have your house kind of clear and clean and it gives you that boost hold on to that feeling and remind yourself of that next time you are feeling a little bit unmotivated with it on the other hand is it one of the balls you can drop at the moment we're juggling so much maybe it's one that you don't have to worry about so well, this is it it's about yeah it's about balance so if at the end of the day you know it, you've got your time put aside on your friday night because we're not going anywhere to uh to clean your house but you're just knackered and you don't want to do it don't do it, you know, uh, and consciously have no self-judgment about that. I don't want to do it because I want to watch Netflix or whatever. That's okay. As long as you make that conscious decision and you're, you're settled with it. However, don't get into a negative feedback loop about the fact that you're annoyed about the decision that you decided to watch Netflix, you know, just have peace with it. And if you want to pick it up on Saturday, pick it up on Saturday. Or if you don't want to pick up, great metaphor but you know don't pick it up absolutely got another comment though i feel like this probably points to perfectionism control trait but i find i often draw a line between self-care and self-indulgence and judge myself for them i end up thinking of self-care as being self-indulgent depending on what it is having a lie-in or getting a takeaway can leave me examining why i did that did i need a break or was i not making an effort Doing a thing you might not want to can be self-care too when you know it, it is swallow the frog or that fresh air that will help. Even if you can't be bothered initially, it's something I talk about a lot with my therapist. Self-judgment is strong in this one. I think overall, Nat, what you're saying is it's quite tough to draw that line between what is self-care and what is maybe what feels like self-indulgence and how you can remove that sense of self-judgment. For sure. It kind of, it kind of feels like it moves back towards, first of all, 
figuring out uh, selfishness versus selflessness. So figuring out what's important to you, figuring out what it is that you want out of life that makes you tick. So if having a lion is something that you need because then you feel more creative, you feel more rested, you've got more get up and go. go. Okay, you may view it as self-indulgent, i.e. selfish. However, if the outcome is that you're more authentic, you're more awake, you're more alive, you're firing on all cylinders, then surely that's selfless because you are showing up as the best version of yourself. So it sounds like um, you're in a little bit of turmoil between what perspective to have out of over the different things that you do so whether you're classing it in the self-indulgent category or the self-care category so i think it's really good to get clear on those and maybe try the different hats on so if you see it as self-indulgent what are the you know what are the good things that, that you're getting out of this so that maybe it is actually self-care it is hard to find that line between what is what and but yeah as you said just kind of reflecting on it and seeing how it feels can be really helpful yeah and that says yes i mostly share that so perhaps others can know that these thoughts these thoughts happen absolutely yeah. that. you're not alone <laughs> great so let's have a quick look at the last poll results do you think perfectionism holds you back yeah we had 66 percent said yes mm. um so that's quite a lot so hopefully what we've covered here has been helpful alex thank you so much for your time today and oh. i'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about where people can find you online yeah certainly so my website is clearwatercoach.com not co.uk because i think there's two of us out there i didn't do my market research feel free to reach out on that website you'll get a little bit more about me there and you know happy for anyone to get in contact with me through the website or through um the life coach directory you know just look under alex bowman and you'll find me um clearwater coaching does have a facebook and a linkedin and uh, an instagram account i can be honest i don't update them regularly but um you can also find me under my name on on linkedin as well so alex bowman on linkedin you'll see my ugly mug and please reach out uh, anything off the back of this if you've got questions if anyone's interested in coaching or anything like that you know i'm more than happy to to spend time it might not be immediately i'm happy for anyone to reach out to me and if you have missed any of this or you want to catch up on it there will be uh, the video is going to be on our youtube channel the audio is going to be on our podcast i am i have so make sure you subscribe to those you can also if you want to connect with um, alex or any other coaches we have loads of them available on life coach directory and if you're looking for any other kind of professionals as well so we mentioned anxiety earlier so perhaps you're looking for a counselor or maybe a nutritionist or something like that you can also download the Happyful app, which will connect you with whichever professional you're looking for and have lots of articles on subjects like this that we can delve into more. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Hope you all enjoyed it. And thank you so much, Alex. No problem at all. Thanks for having me.